This is going to be the, the final uh, message of a series called Truth in a World of Gray. Everybody say truth. Truth, truth in a world of gray. And, and the, the goal behind this series has been to get a grasp on what is true in this world that we live in. And, and a lot of times we think what may be truth or or, or we think that, well, yeah, this maybe once was true, but now it's no longer true. This is true now. And we have our own ideas and viewpoints as to what that truth really is. And, and uh, with the media and things that we have today, there's a lot of fake news. There's a lot of uh, misinformation that they only want you to hear, or they, they want you to hear only what they have for you to hear because they're trying to, to steer you a certain way. I mean, it's, there's a lot of misinformation that is out there. And so we want to know what is truth. And throughout the course of this series, we have uh, done four messages to this point. We talked about what is truth. We talked about uh, can you handle the truth because the truth can be hard to handle, but it will set you free is what Jesus said. And then we talked about God being the source of truth. And one of those ways that He reveals His truth to us is through His Word. So then we looked at, well, can, can His Word be trusted? How do, how do I know this is correct? And so we did that in week number three. And then last week we talked about the true gospel, the true good news, because there are a lot of, uh, a lot of good news uh, messages that are being preached today. That They are good messages. They are good news, I guess, to a point if, if you make it about yourself. But it's not the true gospel or the true good news that Jesus has for us. And today I'm going to talk about the most popular topic that is being preached all across our country today. And that is sin. I'm being a little sarcastic. We know that's not a very popular message, is it? Somebody's like, oh crud, why did I come to church today? I want to talk to you about the truth about sin. The truth about sin. I know you're not going to be that excited to hear it this morning because this is one of those things that is not popular. Uh, a lot of people don't want to hear about it. And, um, you know, they, they want things along the lines of prosperity or, or blessings or God's favor. But really, since I talked about the truth of the gospel last week, you can't really have a true understanding of the gospel without having an understanding of the magnitude of sin. And on the flip side of that, if you don't understand the magnitude of sin, you'll never have a great appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. And, and I think many times, and I know I, I do this from time to time, you get in a season where you really don't focus on maybe what Christ has done for you. You don't do that intentionally, but you just start taking for granted what Jesus has done for us. And then you do a message like we did last week and it really shows us that, wow, He has paid the penalty for my sin and how costly that that sin was. And it changes your, your approach of sin. It changes your viewpoint of sin. You stop making, uh, making light of sin. You start taking it more seriously. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning is the truth about sin. As I said, that this is, this is something you don't hear talked about um, much anymore from churches from preachers. Uh, this is just not a popular message. We want to teach things that make people feel good. Um, we don't want to say anything that would hurt anyone's feelings because after all, you know, especially if they're good tithers, uh, we don't want to offend anyone to where they might, they might leave the church and then now we've lost their financial support. I'm just being honest with you. 
And, and so there, there's a lot of, uh, of and I'm not, I have no denomination or church in mind when I talk about this, but there are a lot of preachers and, and churches who just will never talk about sin. And they stay more towards the, the prosperity side of things. And what happens is, and God does want to bless us, okay? But what happens is, is we, we preach a message to where Jesus is really uh, kind of like a self-improvement experiment. To where uh, we, we preach Jesus to where, you know, here's how you have a better life. And, and we, we fail to acknowledge what He has done for us, and the only one that could have done it for us, and the great price that He paid for us because our sin was so costly. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning is sin, the truth about sin, and the effect that it has on our lives so that, number one, we'll have a better appreciation for what Jesus has done for us, and number two, that we would strive to live a life that pleases Him. So first of all, let's get a definition of what sin is. You know, a lot of people would say, well, sin means to miss the mark. And, and, and it does. But did you know that the Bible actually gives us a definition for sin? I want to show you this. This is in 1 John chapter number 3. As a matter of fact, if you just want to, if you have your Bibles, if you open them to 1 John, uh, a lot of the things that, a lot of the scripture that I give you today is going to come from 1 John, which if you've read the Bible for any length of time, you know that that is... That is a very tough uh, book. It's very, uh, I don't want to say controversial, but it, it can be very um, hard to, um, to understand. And uh, it can, if you're not careful, you can read it and come across or grab the, the viewpoint of, of legalism and works versus grace. And so we're, we're going we're gonna, to um, approach this very delicately this morning and ask God to, to minister to us so that we can see clearly uh, what He would have us to see. So here, here's the definition as the Bible defines sin. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 says this, Everyone who sins breaks the law. And he's talking about the law that God had established, okay? But it's also sin to, you know, when we're disobeying the laws of man as well. But everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, here we go, sin is lawlessness. That means it's in violation of God's law. That's what, that's what sin is. It's violation of God's law. It's an active violation of His laws and basic moral principles. A lot of times people may say, well, why do we have these laws in the first place? And, but God gave us His law so that we could um, so that He could demonstrate how He loves us and how we can demonstrate how we love Him as well as how we love other people. Because one of the things that the Bible talks to us about is that we prove our love for Him by obeying His commandments. And one thing that God told us, and Jesus reemphasized this when He came uh, to earth, He said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Love. This is the law of love, if you will. This is why God established this law so that we would operate in this law. And as we operate in this law, we're operating in love, which proves our love for Him and proves our love for other people. And these are the boundaries that God has set. This is the standard, if you will, for, for holiness, this is God's standard. This is how He wants us to operate so that we can demonstrate our love 
for him as well as others. And just like with Adam and Eve, God expects us to operate within these, these boundaries that He set for us so that we can express our love for Him. And when we disobey those laws and break those, um, those commands, we're actually moving outside of the law of love and it's sin, it's transgression. We're hurting not only God, but we're hurting others as well. That's what sin is. That's what it does in our lives. And I know a lot of people may be here this morning and say, well, pastor, what's the big deal? It's, it's just sin. It's just disobedience. It's, it's just misbehavior. You know, there's really not that great of consequences that follow that. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to hurt anyone. It's just simply sin. And if that's your viewpoint this morning, then you have a complete misunderstanding of the effects and consequences of sin. Because the Bible says, and we're going to read this here in a minute, we read it last week, the Bible says that sin brings forth death. It's damaging. It hurts things. It hurts people. Something is going to be damaged as a result of sin. James 1.15, I just referenced it. The Bible says when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to Y'all look at it. It gives birth to death. Sin brings forth death. I told you this last week. When you sin, you may not see um, the consequences of that sin immediately, but something begins dying the moment that you sin. Something begins to deteriorate as a result of your sins. This is why it's so important to confess your sins to the Lord so that He can forgive you of that sin. This is why it's so important. If, if sin brings death, and when you sin, things start to deteriorate, this is why it's so important to repent of your sins and, and turn to the Lord, turn to Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, so He can resurrect and heal and restore that which is beginning to die. That's why it's so important that we confess and, and, and that we repent. And I'm here to tell you this morning that there is nothing harmless about sin. There's an old saying, and I don't know who penned this quote, and, and it's kind of been um, mistranslated, or not mistranslated, it's been translated in different ways and, and, and referenced in different ways, so I guess other people have taken credit for this. So I don't know who the original um, one was that... that um, uh, coin this phrase, but it goes something like this, that sin will take you farther than you ever wanted to go. It will keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and it will cost you more than you were willing to pay. This is what sin does. There's nothing harmless about it. It will end up costing you because sin brings forth death. It brings forth destruction. It will jeopardize your integrity. It will ruin your character. It will compromise your influence that you have with other people. It will break up your home. It will break up your marriage. It will split up your family. Sin will destroy your life. Why? Because sin gives birth to death. Well, pastor, I just can't help it. The temptation is too great. The sin is too difficult to overcome. I, I just can't overcome it. And, and to that I would say, you're right. You can't overcome it. But thankfully, there is an antidote 
or sin. And it's Jesus. Jesus is the antidote for sin. Matter of fact, look, can we just say that name? Just say Jesus. We, we used to sing this song growing up, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. There's something about that. There's power in the name. We, we sang some songs about it. Well, there's power in, in the name of Jesus. There's power to break every chain. There's power to overcome sin. There's power to get victory in your life. There, there's power in the name. It's not just a casual name. Because it's not just the name itself. It's, it's what that name represents and who it represents. There's power in that. To overcome. And so all of us, from time to time, we, we, we go through seasons in our life where it, we may find it difficult to, to overcome a temptation. We may find it difficult to overcome sin. And it may be very easy to say, I just can't overcome it. But the good news is this morning is that Jesus overcame it for us. And when we put our faith and our trust in Him, that same overcoming power is in us. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. This was part of our reading last week. Um, the Bible says this, verse 17, The sin of Adam caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. Now watch this. This is very, very important. For all who receive it, and I don't believe that's just like, you know, if you get a gift, you're like, oh, thank you for that gift. I, I believe receiving is actually embracing that. You are accepting, you're, you're bringing that in here. It's not just something that you get and, and you forget about it. You have embraced that. He said, all who receive it, God's wonderful grace and His righteousness, will do what? They will triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Let me paraphrase the last part of this verse. Paul is saying that through Jesus, you can overcome sin. Through Jesus, you can overcome sin. In fact, I would argue to say that it's, the, it's only through Jesus that we can overcome sin. Maybe you're a Christian this morning and you've already checked out because you think this message isn't for you. Because I don't sin. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, listen to me, we all still sin. All of us. I, I don't care if you've been serving God for 45 years. We all still sin. You may not break an explicit commandment of God, but you know, the Bible tells us to him that knoweth to do good and don't do it, to him it is sin. Even sometimes when we do good deeds, if we do them with the wrong motives, they're tainted with pride. And it's sin. So I'm just here to tell you that, that you may have already written me off thinking, well, this message, he's talking about sin. Man, I'm a Christian. I don't sin. Yes, you do. We all still sin. So we need God's grace to overcome that. And that grace comes through faith in Jesus so that we can overcome. So Now, go with me to uh, John, or excuse me, 1 John chapter number 1. And I want, to, I want us to look at the truth about sin that, that John writes here. 1 John chapter number 1. We're going to begin reading at verse number 5 and read through verse number 10. Man, this, is, this will slap you in your face. This is, this, is, this is tough stuff. 
Now, look at this first part. John writes, this is the message we have heard from Jesus. That's very important. And now we're going to give it to you. This is, this is what we heard from Jesus. I'm going to share what, with you. He says, God is light and there is no darkness in Him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His sons, cleanses us from all sin. So, we're lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. That's what he says there. But if we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in, look at this word, the truth. But, if we confess our sins to Him, this is, man, this is good news. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. I was reading one study this week and, and, and the topic was the three lies about sin. And the three lies are, uh, verse 6, we're lying if we claim we have fellowship with God and go on living in spiritual darkness. The second lie about sin is we lie when we claim that we have no sin. And the third lie is we lie when we claim that we haven't sinned. The lies about sin. John said, this is the message that I heard from Jesus and now I'm going to share it with you. And this message is about how to walk in the light and how to have victory over sin. Very important. And we all struggle with sin. And so sometimes we go through seasons to where maybe we're walking in victory a lot more than other times. And then we have these seasons sometimes where it just seems like, man, I, I, I am struggling. And we need to hold on to this passage from, from John as he's given us. He said, I'm, tell, I'm giving you this message to show you how to overcome sin and how to walk in victory. Because Jesus doesn't want us to walk in sin. Because sin has effects, it has consequences, it brings damage, destruction. John said, some of you think that you have no sin. You're fooling yourself. Others of you think that what you're doing right now is not sin. Yet obviously, the way that you're living and what you're doing right now proves that God's Word has no place in your heart. How I many? That's a tough pill, isn't it? And then he goes on to say, and what's even more alarming is that some of you say that you're following Christ, that you've given your life to Him, but your lifestyle proves that there has been no repentance. I told you, this is not popular preaching. I'm just telling you. I warned you up front. You had a chance to leave. Now the doors are locked. But <laughs> might guard that door back there. But it's the truth, because... Because just like people were believing these lies about sin back in the days of John, did you know there are people that are still believing these lies about sin today? People believe, I don't have any sin. Why do I need a Savior? There's nothing. I'm a good person. John said, you're lying. You've, you've believed a lie. 
There's others who are confused about what sin is. That's why the, the series is called Truth in a World of Gray. The lines between black and white and sin and what's not sin have been blurred to where now we don't even know what sin is. We're like Adam. We've become our own gods determining for ourselves what's right and what's wrong, what's sin and what's not sin. Well, that's not sin. And John says, if, if, you're, if you say that you haven't sinned, if you don't think that's sin, it's obvious that God's Word has no place in your heart. Because when you read the Word of God, you're going to see God's laws. You're going to see what God, the way that He wants you to live. And, and when, you, when you see this, and you continue to go on living your own way, God's law is not in your heart. His Word's not in your heart. Others today believe they have fellowship with God. Let's just rephrase that and say that there are other people today that, that they believe that they call themselves Christians. When in reality, they're walking in darkness. And this is scary. It's very scary. People say that, well, I'm a Christian. You know, today in America, it's, everyone's a Christian. You ever notice that? It's like everyone's a Christian. You meet people and say, well, I'm a Christian. Where do you go to church? Well, I don't go to church. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I, I'm not getting in a, a war like that today, but I, I do believe that if you're truly right with God, you're going to want to be uh, with His people and you're going to want to be the church. The, the church is the hope of the world. He's established the church to, to minister to people. I, I, so, but, but there are people that just, they live like the devil. But they're Christians. All of us are still affected by sin. And no matter how long that we've been living for God, from time to time, we all still sin. All of us. Myself included. As I said a while ago, even if we go out, and we had some guys go out and do some good deeds yesterday, but you know, even if we did those for the wrong motives, even if, even if we did that to get our picture put on Facebook, hey, look what I did yesterday. That, those good deeds have now become tainted with pride. See, I'm, I'm here to, to bring the truth about sin because we, we look at other people and we see some explicit commandment that they're disobeying and we want to judge them. We want to point them out and say they're sinning. But we sin too. And it's only by the blood of Jesus that we can find forgiveness and that we can be cleansed from that. It's only when we begin to confess and repent from that that God's grace is working in our lives. I've shared this quote with you before that grace, and God's grace is truly amazing, but grace is not a license to go out and sin. Grace is the power to overcome that sin. That's why we need God's grace in our life. But only in heaven are we going to be without sin. But just because we all still sin doesn't mean that we can be okay with it. Just because we say, well, you know, we're all gonna, none of us are perfect, we're all going to sin. That doesn't mean that we just accept that and be okay with it. And it sure doesn't mean that we can just embrace it as if we have no other option but to just give in. I just can't help it. As Christians, I love this quote. I'm going to put this on the screen for them. Christians are not sinless, but they should sin Less. Do you agree with that? They're not sinless, but they should sin less. They should have a desire to be more like Jesus. As I told you last week, the price that He's paid for us, they should have an understanding of how, 
how heavy the, the weight of sin, how great that it was, and how Jesus had paid that price. We should not even want to sin because of what He has done for us. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Uh, Paul says this. He says, Since you have been raised, he's, talking, he's speaking to Christians. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, you've been saved, you've been born again, you have a new life now, a new identity. Now that that's happened, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life, this, this should encourage it, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. I, I want to get to know that. I want to get to know who, who, who am I really. I want to get to know that person. My real identity, my real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. Now look at verse number 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. But that, that's one I didn't even say a while ago. You think that you don't sin. All of you, all of us, probably struggle with greed from time to time. And selfishness. A greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these what? Sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Okay, here, here is an identity shift. Here is, here is, um, here, here's where things should change. You, you've become a Christ follower now. Christ lives inside of you. Here's your new identity. You used to do these things when you were part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Look at this. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Listen to this. Becoming like Christ is a lifelong process. You have become a new creation, okay? But now to become like Him, as Paul's saying, strip aside your old, or lay aside your old sinful nature. Put on your new identity. Clothe yourself. You are righteous. Now clothe yourself, clothe yourself in righteousness. You are a new person. Now begin to walk like a new person. Begin to talk like a new person. Begin to behave like a new person. Begin to follow Christ. Begin to exemplify the life that He has for you. None of us are ever going to arrive at a place to where we will never sin until we get to heaven. We'll always have to fight against sin and the natural tendencies to give in to the flesh. You ever realize that? Even some of you who are seasoned Christians, there are times, man, let's just talk about anger for just a moment. There are times when people will rub you the wrong way and you just, I mean, you just literally want to rip their head off. You, use, you, you, you want to act out. And sometimes you do. Not, hopefully not literally ripping their head off, but, but maybe, maybe you, you say some things that, that are not Christ-like, right? Come on, am I, I'm not in this boat alone, am I? I know I'm not. I'm just seeing if you're going to lie. We struggle. 
We have to have God's power to help us to overcome this. So how, how do we combat this? How do, how do we fight against this, these tendencies to give in to sin and these tendencies to give in to our sinful nature and the tendencies to do the things that, that are part of this world? How do we fight that? Let's go back to 1 John chapter number 3. And this is where we're going to finish up in this passage. We began this morning in verse number 4, defining sin. So let's reread verse 4 and then we're going to continue from there. He says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that He, Jesus, appeared so that He might take away our sins. Now listen, I know that there are two different spectrums here you can talk about. I'm not just talking about to pay for our sins so we can go to heaven. We know He did that. okay? But He also did this so that we could have power over sin to be able to live a holy life. Then he goes on to say, and in Him, in Jesus, is no sin. Verse 6. Watch this. I want to make sure that you guys see this. No one who lives in Him, lives in Christ, keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known Him. Man, that is tough, isn't it? What in the world does that mean? Obviously, it doesn't mean that as Christians that we're never going to sin. But it means that as Christians, we will not make a practice of sinning. That will not be our lifestyle. We're not going to keep on doing it. When we sin, we're going to realize, whoa, wait a second, that's not who I am. That's not who Christ has called me to be. We're going to repent of that and begin to live a, a, a life of, of holiness. We see that. Verse number 7, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. Okay, that's it's very important. We're talking about the truth about sin. Do, it's very easy to, to sin and, and be, struggling with, um, be struggling with sin. You name it, struggling with sin. And, and, and go to a, a certain, even someone who calls himself a minister, or a church, pastor, and, and they, can, they can give you some sort of affirmation um, to make you feel okay with the lifestyle that you're living. And John is saying here, you, you can't do that. You, you can't live in Christ and, and continue to sin. You can't live in Christ and keep practicing sin. You can't live in, in Christ and have this lifestyle that's in violation of God's law. And then he says, don't let anyone deceive you about that truth. It doesn't even matter. Remember last week I read to you that Paul says, even if I or, or angels, if anyone preaches any other message than what we've told you, don't believe it. Well, I heard a pastor preach on this one. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not going to have to answer to what the pastor taught. You're going to have to answer to the Word of God. It gets... It gets <laughs> worse is not the right word, but that's a word I'm going to... It gets worse. It gets harder. Verse 8. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. Oh my God. Are you, does y'all's Bible say this? When people keep on sinning, I mean, that, it just, it's their lifestyle. That's what they practice. There's no change. I mean, they, they've invited Jesus to come along with them. He's now an accessory item. They call themselves a Christian. They have the t-shirt. They have the bracelet. They have the bumper sticker. But there's been no lifestyle change. John says that sort of person, they show who they really belong to. They belong to the devil. They look just like the devil. 
They've been doing, they're doing the things he's been doing since long ago. This is, this is good stuff, whether you realize it or not. It'll set you free when you hear it and, and, and take it in. Verse number 9. Oh, excuse me. I've got to read the, 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 very, the most important part. But the Son of God, Jesus, what did He come to do? To destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Why? Because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they're children of God. So now, this is kind of like the whole, you'll know the, the, the tree by the fruit it bears. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live, that's a key word. Okay? It doesn't mean that you're not going to slip up from time to time. But anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. How many realize this is not popular teaching? It's not. But it's the truth. John is saying here that any person who continues to sin and make a, makes a practice of sinning, and that's their lifestyle, is not following God. These are not my words. This is the Bible's words. He says anyone who, who keeps on doing this, and this is their lifestyle. In other words, there's no repentance. They just keep blatantly sinning. He says, it's obvious. They're not following God. God's life is not in them. You know, it, it's, it's one thing for, for a Christian to slip up and, and maybe engage in an, you know, a, a sexually immoral act and then turn from that and repent and get restoration and healing. B but it's another thing to, to call yourself a Christian and live a life of a prostitute. Are you following me? It's, or, or to live a life as a homosexual. To, I'm, ta I'm not talking about struggling and, and, and slipping and, and then repenting and turning from that. I'm talking about blatantly living that lifestyle. Saying you're, John said, you're not Christian. You, you can't live and practice uh, lying. You can't live as a liar and say that you have fellowship with God. doesn't mean you're not going to lie from time to time and, and say, oh my God, what have I done? And you're repenting. Are you all following me? I mean, this, there's a difference between you know, slipping up and repenting and turning from that because you realize you made a mistake than living that lifestyle. Same thing with, with a thief, you know. It, matter of fact, I don't know if it's here. It may be in the book of Ephesians where Paul, I, didn't, I just didn't have time to put all this in my message, but Paul is, I mean, he's given them examples. He says, this is how you should live now. And one of the things he says is, if you're a thief, stop stealing. I mean, why did he have to, it should be obvious that we, that we know what sin is and we know what it means to be a Christian. I mean, to, to keep stealing people's stuff, that should be a red flag. Wait a second, maybe I didn't get born again. Uh, yeah, I just said that. Because if God's life is truly in us, there's, there's a seed that's in there. It's like, it's like planting a, a seed in, in, a, in a garden. If you're pe planting peppers, I mean, if, if tomatoes come out of the ground, you're going to question what was in that package to begin with, right? That wasn't pepper seed. Are, are y'all following that illustration? 
If God's life is truly in you, that's what is going to be coming out of you. You can't call yourself a believer and continue to live like the world. You can't say, that's what John said. You're, you're lying to yourself if you say you have fellowship with God, but continue to walk in spiritual darkness. So you're lying. You don't know the truth about sin. You can't say that, that what you're doing is not sin. If, if, if you go on and living this lifestyle and what you're doing is, is, is contrary to God's Word. He said it's obvious that God's Word doesn't have any place in your heart. This is the message that John is communicating. You cannot continue to live in sin and make a practice of sinning and say that you have fellowship with God because God is light and in Him there is no darkness. So if you say that you have fellowship with God but go on living in this spiritual darkness, you're a liar. And you're not practicing the truth. I'm here to tell you this morning, these, these writings are in here because sin is a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. It has effects. It has consequences. It, get, it brings forth death. It gives birth to death. Listen, sin will keep you from fellowshipping with God. Sin will keep your prayers from being heard. Sin will harden your heart. Sin will drain you of your peace and your strength. Sin will rob you of your joy. Sin will destroy your family. And ultimately, it will cost you your life. Not just physical life, but eternal separation from God. That's why there are so many writings in the, in the New Testament especially about running from sin. Running. Not just like, ooh, I better move away from that. Run from youthful lust. Run from these thoughts that are coming in. It's just, if you're standing by a fire, I mean, I'm just trying to give you vivid illustration. If you're standing by a fire, and I mean it's like scorching hot, you're not just going to be like, man, that's burning me a lot. God, it's so hot. I better get away from that. Y'all not getting that illustration? I mean, if it's hot, man, you're going to be running. Whoo, man, that sends the hair on my arm. The Bible says run, run from sin. It also says to abstain from every appearance of evil. Run. If you see anything that doesn't even look like Jesus, run from that. If you see anything that may even, may even be an indication that that may be sin, that may lead me down the wrong path, abstain from that. Run from that. Run from anything that stimulates your youthful lust, Paul says. And running requires lacing up your spiritual shoes every day. You've got to be in the Word of God. And here's the good news, and I'm going to end with this, because I always like to end with hope. Thankfully, John also wrote that if we confess our sins to Christ, that if we'll do that, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I, I, don't, you know, I, I don't know the condition of everyone in this room today, but maybe there are some here today that I, I think about two categories of people. Number one, that maybe there are people in this room today and you, you're just blatantly, you're, just, you're living a lifestyle of sin. Maybe you've never just taken in the, the effects and the consequences and the damage that it's doing. 
And your response this morning should be an act of repentance and turn from that. Turn to God so that you can be cleansed. Second group of people, there may be people this morning who I've just preached this and you realize, I'm, I'm, I'm living in sin and I need to repent. But you're fearful that God is mad at you. Or that He doesn't love you anymore. Or that He's not going to forgive you because maybe this is the 15th time that you've run back to God. Can I just remind you of what, what John is writing here? He says, if you'll confess your sins to God, He is faithful. He's faithful to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He's faithful. It doesn't matter if it's the second time that you're coming to Him or if it's the 15th thousand time that you're coming and and you say, God, man, I've screwed things up again. He's faithful. And he, he wants to help you, that grace. If you'll, if you'll really receive that grace and you'll really get into the Word of God and build your relationship with Christ, that new identity is going to begin to show up on the, on the outside and your behavior is going to change. Your lifestyle is going to change. Right now, you don't see how it can change because all you've ever known is sin and given into temptation. But you haven't put that spiritual discipline in your life to where you're putting in God's Word and you're praying and you're seeking His face. And I'm here to tell you, I have overcome things in my life that I didn't think I was ever going to overcome. And as I begin to put that spiritual discipline in, as I begin to get up and read and pray and seek Christ and say, God, I I can't overcome this on my own. It's only through your grace and through your strength. It was then that I began to overcome those things because it wasn't me, it was Christ in me. I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ. Through Christ. Through Christ who gives me the strength to do it. This morning, in closing, I, I know this is a tough message, guys. It, but it's, the tr- it's true. We need to know how, how heavy that sin is. We need to know that not only will it damage our lives, but it's, it's an insult to our Savior who bled and died to pay for our sins. And we, we can't claim to know Him and, and be Christ-like and continue to live this this life of sin. We've been lied to. We've been deceived. We don't know the truth. We're, we're, in a, we're in a world of gray when it comes to the line being clear between black and white and right and wrong and sin and, and righteousness. We've been deceived. And this morning, I believe that God is, is trying to get us to open our eyes to see all of us, not just, not just someone, as I said, who has, who's broken an explicit commandment and is morally sin. I'm talking about all of us. Our view of sin, it's been compromised. We make light of it. Oh, it's, just, you know, it's just a little gossip. It's just, it's just a little white lie. It's just a little road rage. Everybody has it. Everybody's going to fly off the handle from time to time. Come on, it's, just, it's just one foul, foul word. It's just, you know, I just cussed a couple times. It wasn't a big deal. I mean, we have completely compromised what Jesus bled and died for so that we could live a life of holiness. He says, be holy as I am holy. We, we are holy. Our, our spirit man is, is holy because it's been made in the image of Christ. But now we have to work on that behavior. We have to get in the Word of God to not be like the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our, of our mind. So I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to, I know I, I have preached probably way too long this morning, but I, 
and I didn't prepare our worship team for this, but it, it, could you guys at least come up and sing that, oh, come to the altar. Would you sing that one more time, please? If they'll come. And I, I want to pray over us this morning, and then we're going to take the length of this song, maybe, maybe five minutes, to, uh, to repent. All of us. Confess. There's things that we need to get right with God. Let's get it right. But I want to pray over you this morning. If you'd bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I just come to you right now and I thank you, Lord, for this, this opportunity that you've given me to teach on the truth about sin. God, I know this is not a popular topic. God, we don't want to hear it. We, we are very selfish people. We want to live selfish lives. We want to determine for ourselves what's right and wrong. We want to determine for ourselves what's good and evil and, and what we believe qualifies us for heaven. And God, when we do that, we have completely compromised the great price that your son Jesus paid for us at the cross. God, we discussed this last week. God, he was born without sin. He lived a life without sin. It had to be done that way. We could not pay the penalty for our sin because we are sinners. We were disqualified. But yet He did this for us and He went to Calvary's cross, died in our place to pay that penalty so that if we'd put our faith and trust in Him, we could live a new life. God, I pray that we would never forget the price of sin, that we would never forget how great that it is and how You've paid that for us and that we would embrace the gift that you've given us today of righteousness and faith or grace rather and put our faith and our hope in you so that we can overcome. Lord, you, you said this morning, we read that you've come to destroy the works of the devil. God, we need that destroyed in our lives. People are struggling today. And I pray that in these, these course, these next few moments that you would allow people to get their lives right with you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name today. Amen. I'm going to ask a few of our altar workers just come.